Good evening, everybody. We are glad you're here, and uh, it's a blessing for us to get to be here. My name is Dean McFarland, and this is my wife, Tawny, and we have the privilege of sharing a little bit of our story and our journey with you this evening. Uh, this will be a little bit different testimony than some you've heard before, but we hope you'll be encouraged that the Lord has something that uh, he, you can take out of this evening that uh, might help you on your journey. So let me pray for us, and then we'll get started. Father, thank you for uh, the ministry of Reengage uh, that calls us to Christ, who's the strong foundation. Uh, Lord, we know you're the only hope in this fallen world for people like us, and that our relationship with you is going to allow us to experience success and fulfillment and joy in the primary relationship of our lives, that, that, that marriage relationship. So thank you for the gift of marriage, Lord. Thank you for the gift of this woman who stands next to me and just uh, how fun it is for me to share uh, the, the completer, the encourager, and uh, the co-shepherd she has been with me all these years. So um, thank you for this time and these folks, and just uh, give us hope and instruct us wisely from your word. We love you, Christ. Amen. Amen. So uh, we thought we would start with humor. I'm not very funny. Tony's really funny, as you'll find out over the course of the evening. Thank you. But uh, I thought our marriage picture might present just a bit of humor. We don't look much like what we did then. What but, happened? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's say our joy and our love of the Lord is the same, and everything else is different. <laughs> but uh, anyway, let me just let me just say at the beginning, this uh, this will be a little bit different. I, t- I told you that earlier. Because this is, ours is a story not of uh, wreckage or reconciliation, uh, but rejoicing in small steps of faithfulness over the last 36 years that have allowed us to attempt to serve the Lord in our marriage. And he has spared us and protected us from a lot of pain and suffering, uh, frankly, that exists around our world and, and that we all can see even in the midst of our week and our journey in re-engage. Um, we are truly thankful for that. Uh, we can't tell you how grateful we are to the Lord and, uh, and just the opportunity to tell you that. Now, I, as we say that, I want you to know there's an attempt or there possibly could be um, uh, maybe turn us off. Like, you know, that's 36 years. Great. It's been good for you all. We are struggling and we understand that and we want to uh, acknowledge that. And so we would just invite you into the story from the standpoint, see if there's something that might encourage you where you are in the midst of your journey. And so uh, I'm going to turn it over to Tawny and just let her talk a little bit about uh, our kids and family and uh, how the Lord's brought us that way. We are thankful for the opportunity to just share what God has done in us and through us by his grace. And uh, thank you all for your time and for listening. We have two grown children, both are married, and they live in Dallas. Our son, Mac, and his wife, Sophie, have four children, Sloan, six, Madden, five, Millie, three, and Mary Carson is almost two. Callie and her husband, Ryan Nixon, have three children, Davey, who's six, Evie Lee, four, and little Ryan's one and a half. Children are a gift from God, and grandchildren are a crown of old people. That's... (laughs) Not the right translation, but that's my translation. I, I wish you could go back to that one for a second, just because if you're close enough to the front, you can see the, the second girl from the right is Sloan. 
And she didn't get the memo. She had her face painted. She's a butterfly. She's a butterfly for our, our group picture. So those of you with grandkids can probably identify with that. Sorry, go those ahead. Those of you who don't, just wait. It's just wait. Really it's fun. awesome. Okay, I grew up in Amarillo, Texas, and was blessed with parents who loved and supported me. I was raised going to church where I knew that God's son was Jesus Christ. And I believed that, but I didn't really know him. As I got into my teen years, I began to realize how much I did not know who Jesus was other than the Son of God. So I decided to start reading my Bible. Wonderful thing to do. The more I read, the more I began to understand who God is. Hebrews 11.6 tells us that God is a rewarder of those who seek Him. And that's what I decided to do. Started reading His Word and learning who Jesus was and that He is the way, the truth, and the life and that no one comes to Him except through His Son, Jesus. And so I surrendered my life and purpose to continue to love Him and to grow in His grace and knowledge. That's 2 Peter 3.18. Dean and I met at the University of Texas our freshman year. Yay. I know. And I thought that he was the best-looking guy on the 40 acres. Awesome. And I was right. But was really attracted to his commitment in Christ, too. He was fun, and yet he was very, very serious about his faith and his pursuit of Christ. He would ask me when we first got to know each other, he says, what's God been teaching you? And the first time he asked me that, I was like, well, none of your business. <laughs> because I hadn't even been looking at my Bible that week. God used Dean to hold me accountable to spend time with God, this God that I said I love. He was also the first guy that said, hey, let's memorize the scripture. I was like, okay. And he said, okay, so next time we see it, we'll, you'll tell it to me. I was like, okay. <laughs> but thankfully, I'm so thankful for that because we memorized James 1, 2 through 3, which not only did it help us then, but it's helped us for the rest of our life. Consider it all joy, brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, a verse that continues to encourage and strengthen me. Our friendship developed and deepened around our faith and fun. Dean is a lot of fun. He may not be funny, but he's fun. Dean saw me the way that Jesus sees me, and he encouraged me to be who Jesus wants me to be. He still does that for me today, and I'm thankful for that. That has really been a real vital, vital part of cementing our oneness in marriage because I know Dean is for me. I struggle with people-pleasing being performance-based and a tendency to isolate. These have manifested themselves in a poor body image, letting exercise be an idol, and uh, comparing myself to others. God has used this man to help me realize that I am to not please man, but to please God, Galatians 1.10. And also that he who separates himself seeks his own desires, Proverbs 18.2. Thankfully, our relationship eventually changed from friendship to dating, and we married the summer after, well, he graduated and I got out. <laughs> I got my MRS, and I'm not sure my parents were really excited about that. No. Okay. Held me accountable for that, yes. actually. I think it's to you. Oh, it is. Okay. Um, I just want to share one truth with you that I think, I hope is a theme of, of the whole evening, at least, and it's not an evening, it's another five or ten minutes, but... Uh, this has been a blessing to Tawny and I over all these many years, and that is this. God is for you. He loves you. He is for marriage, and there is hope no matter where you find yourself right now. And so we must avail ourselves of God's wisdom. We must 
be informed by his instruction, and we must work his steps. He provides a way for us. He provides really clear instruction in his word. And just to adhere to it and be faithful to it and to be informed by the, the Holy Spirit and let it, him guide you. The whole idea of re-engage is you must re-engage with Christ and your spouse every day. It is a long journey. The scriptures say we're supposed to discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness. And that takes a little bit every day. It's making God a priority and your marriage and your, your relationship with your spouse and family a priority. So that's what we've tried to do from our dating relationship and marriage relationship throughout our married life. Um, if Christ, if your foundation is not Jesus Christ, it's really difficult for any relationship to survive. Uh, this is a world of tremendous conflict, um, disappointment, hurt, uh, hang-ups, troubles. But the Lord has provided a solution in the form of Jesus Christ to restore any relationship. But we have to start there. We love Christ, and Tony and I love marriage. We talked about how long we've been married. I am still crazy about her. And by God's grace, she actually still likes me too, which is amazing. Um, there are a lot of things not to like. We both brought things into marriage. We're very, very different people. Don't look at us and go, oh, they just were similar. He's tall, you know? I'm short. <laughs> That's why their marriage worked. No, we brought, we brought a lot of issues into marriage. For me, Tony mentioned some of hers. Mine were fear, anger, and control, which if I'm in, honest with myself and with you, it's just I'm prideful. I'm selfish. I like my way. Um, I don't like it when it doesn't go my way. And so what relationship isn't filled with things that don't go your way? We have to learn what we do with conflict. We teach around here all the time. It's an opportunity to glorify God, to grow yourself, and to serve other people. And so we'll talk more in a minute just about how our view of conflict changed and how that really helped our marriage. We've taken the approach on our personal relationship with Christ that leading ourselves and being diligent to preserve the spirit of unity and the bond of peace Ephesians 4 is critical. It's our, one of the highest priorities in our marriage. We've adopted to the attitude of uh, Philippians that we can all do all things through Christ who strengthens us and that he will never let the righteous fall if we cast our cares upon him. And so we love the way Rick Warren says this, and he's a familiar pastor maybe to many of you out of Saddleback Community Church, but he said, no matter how good things are in your life, there is always something bad that needs to be worked on. And no matter how bad things are in your life, there's always something good that you can thank God for. So we've chose to focus on our purposes and not our problems. Problems are certainly real. Um, what is not real or something that can't be trusted is our feelings. And so one of the things that we've tried to do is separate the two. When I'm feeling discouraged or hurt or frustrated, I let her know those feelings. And, I, and then I know I look back to I know she loves me and I know she, she really trusts me and I trust her. So I'm going to listen. There's something in um, this discussion or this conflict that I need to hurt, hear and learn and grow from. First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 is one of our favorite verses. It says, be joyful always. That's a command, folks. Be joyful always. Again, not a feeling. It's a choice. Be joyful always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all things, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I can't tell you how many times that has redeemed our arguments, our frustrations, our disappointments with each other. So we make a decision to choose joy and focus on, on our purposes. It's really spared us a lot of unnecessary struggle and suffering. 
So I mentioned to you my sin patterns of just pride and fear, anger, and control. One of the things that has helped me immensely is Mark 8, 34 and 35. It says, then Jesus said to his disciples, if any man would come after me, he must do what? He must deny himself. He must take up his cross and follow me. Why? Whoever wants to save his life must lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good does it do for a man to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his soul? So Tony and I believe with all our hearts, there's nothing we will face that God will not provide a way out if we yield to his spirit and the instruction of his word. Well, back to Austin, Texas. We went to our pre-marriage counseling, and we were told that y'all are so different that it's probably not going to work out. Keep Austin weird, right? (laughs) Well, thankfully, he was wrong. We are very different. Dean is driven. He has a detailed, bullet-pointed life goals. I call it purposeful. She called it Yeah, because he already said purposeful and plans. There's a lot of Ps in his life. My goal is to be happy and joyful. Dean is energized by people, and I can be by myself for long periods of time. Yes. That isolation thing. Dean has the gift of discernment. And he can make quick, conclusive, concisive decisions. Is that a word, concisive? Sure it is. It is now. Good. Thank you. Be happy. Concise. And I am a verbal processor. And my dad was always constantly telling me, summarize, Tawny, way too many words. Dean loves adventure, travel, new places, tasting new foods. My favorite place is Mineral Wells and a turkey sandwich. <laughs> Whether you or your spouse... No, I'm Every serious. day, turkey sandwich. Sometimes I use mayonnaise, sometimes mustard. That's the big choice. Whether you and your spouse... <laughs> Pickle, maybe. Whether you and your spouse wow. are very different or very alike, God's perfect plan for our marriages is to make us one flesh. We are to complete each other and not compete with each other. Our differences through God's grace and a lot of work and a lot of talking has made it a strength in our marriage. When we learn it, lean into God's plan and trust him, then he can accomplish anything in us and through us. Well, after that council, we did marry in August and moved to Dallas knowing just one other couple. And they were involved in a youth ministry here in Dallas, so we decided to jump in. Nothing better than a bunch of teenagers to refine your marriage and strengthen your faith. (laughs) Commitment to follow Christ was a top priority, and we wanted to do this together. We learned that we wanted to do ministry together, and that's one reason we really love to be here and to serve and re-engage together. On our first anniversary, we discovered that we were pregnant. Don't know how that happened. What in the world? Our son, Mac, was born that July, and I had to have an emergency C-section. He had aspirated meconium, and it was in his lungs, and he ended up being in ICU for 10 days. And we were so thankful that God had really put it on our heart to hide his word in our hearts so that we would not trust and lean on our own understanding, but to trust him, to know that he will never leave us nor forsake us, and that Mac was a gift from God, and God loved Mac even more than we did. God got us through that. Trials seen from God's perspective are a faith strengthener. Strength, that's not a word either. (laughs) Strengthener. Faith defeats fear, and greater is he who is in 
me than he who is in the world. Mac, you saw a picture of him now. He doesn't look like somebody who's in ICU for 10 days. He's, he's tall, too. He's a big man. Well, Dean, at the age of 24, was really diligent to make sure that God's first and our marriage was second. He realized the importance of community and made sure we had a group of believers that we did life with, sharing our junk and encouraging each other and rejoicing in our hope, persevering in trials, and devoted to prayer. That's from Romans 12, 12. As someone who is prone to isolate, community was really and still continues to be a challenge for me. I'm so grateful for Dean's leadership and uh, encouragement to bring us to computing. I can't talk. <laughs> Community. Because our marriage has thrived by people leaning into us and loving us. And I'm just going to skip that part because I can't say those words. Um, it's good because we're behind anyway. Yeah, so. I'm looking at the clock. and it's, We should go. It's your turn. Oh, you want to keep uh-huh. Okay, so um, let me just talk for a minute. I mentioned 1 Timothy 4, 7, disciplining yourself for the purpose of godliness. How do you do that? Uh, One of the things I've learned over the last many years is that leading yourself is the most important leadership I as a man have in our relationship. If I cannot lead myself effectively, how in the world am I equipped to lead her? And and so this is where it starts with our own John 15, 5 of abiding with Christ. And so being purposeful, again, same word of daily dependence upon the Lord, that takes time. It takes energy. It takes focus. And I would just tell you, there's been no greater reward in my life in any area than my diligence to to spend time with Christ every day and let him speak to those areas of my life that I know I struggle in. And so leading yourself is just critically important. And let me say this about uh, just one thing you might remember over the course of this evening. And that is this. I I like to remember things fairly simply and uh, try to be pithy statements, but I've been thinking a lot about Judas lately. And, and Judas gave up. He gave up himself, and he gave up his Lord. And what's the distinction with the other disciples? They showed up every day, faithfully, couldn't wait to hear the next words out of our Savior's mouth. And so that's our description. Marriage is a long journey. Life is, who knows, if we have one day or 50 years. But we have the opportunity each day to, to get up, and abide with the Savior of the universe. He wants to spend time with us. Isn't that a stunning thought? The creator of the heavens and earth has a desire to be with us individually, every day, all day. And sometimes we deprive him of that blessing. And so one of the things you want to hear from us is showing up is just being faithful. One day at a time, one step at a time, one moment at a time. And then you start to string together great hours, a few great days, maybe an awesome week, an amazing month, and then an incredible year. And so that is one real um, hopeful statement that we want to leave with you, and that God allows you by the power of his spirit to make a decision to do that every day. And accumulating those hours, days, weeks, months, and years will lead to a lifetime of faithfulness. Why don't you um, jump to your the last part that you want to do on a communication, and then I'll wrap us up. Okay, we we're, you're going to hear a lot. I mean, you can tell just the way we talk. He's purposeful. I want to tell you a story. So another way Dean and I are different is from our upbringing. I came from a home that uh, the deepest conversations we had revolved around cattle prices and the UT Longhorns. My family talked very softly. I married a man whose family talked really loud, and they talk about everything. I mean, everything. 
his mom and he were talking about, well, the, the not spiritual intimacy, but physical intimacy. I thought, I can't believe you're talking to your mom about that. <laughs> but it's good. What this meant for me was that I really didn't like that. I loved it and hated it, but it meant that I had to learn to communicate and also had to learn to be transparent. I have a really big habit of being funny, or I think I'm funny, and a little bit sarcastic. I don't really want to let people know who I am because I think they might not like me, and that comes from my fear, fear of people-pleasing. God has used Dean to help me know that it, it's a, he is a safe place and he accepts me, that it is really uh, to be fully known by Dean and to fully know him where there's no fear of rejection is where peace is found. And what I think I really want you all to hear from us is 36 years of marriage, two very different people, a love for God and realizing that his ways are perfect. He's for us. He's for marriage. He wants you all to experience oneness. And it's through daily, um, hour by hour, moment by moment, thought by thought, remembering that God loves me. He has given Dean to me as a gift. And I am to love him, to treasure him, to respect him. And we do this, and it, y'all, it's still fun. When he comes home every night, well, not every night, most nights when he comes home, I am so excited to see him and just to share each other's day. But that, that has not, we have worked on it day by day. We have had some real good knockdown drag outs. Our group, I think, has experienced one of them in group. But so it is worth it. It's worth, worth the fight. And um, better are two because we can stay warm together. And a three-chord strain is not easily broken. So if you have Christ in your marriage, you can do this. And you can l- live and love to the fullest. Awesome. Well, let me give you, uh, let me take 30 seconds to wrap this up. Uh, Romans 8, 29. For those who God foreknew, he also be uh, predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. I'm 58 years old and I've been walking with Christ by, uh, since I was 17. So that's 41 years. Um, I've been with, journeying with this amazing lady, marriage for 36, and we've known each other for probably three or four years before that. Uh, we've been serving in re-engaged ministry since it started, so that's probably at least 12 years-ish, 10 or 12 years. Things go um, by in decades. Now. Yeah, no kidding. Um, <laughs> we've observed a few patterns that seem to repeat themselves in relationships, and uh, these repeat themselves in my life and the lives of folks around us. I hope this is useful to you. What keeps us from being conformed to his image? One, we don't believe God is trustworthy. Two, we don't believe God is good. And three, we don't want to change. And so we are pleading with you as two people who have attempted to be changed by the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives and work it out with each other, is be willing to change, to be willing to hear from people in your groups and attempt to change the behaviors that aren't honoring to God, to stay, keep that circle, to use the language of re-engage, tightly drawn around yourself. Um, each one of us will give an account of himself to God. That's Romans 14, 12. That is a sobering verse and a blessing because we'll give an account because we're gonna be with him. We are gonna enjoy the fellowship of uh, meeting our Savior face to face and hopefully, by his grace, hearing the words, well done, good and faithful servant. One of the best ways to fulfill the great commandment and the great commission is to have a strong marriage that's pointing others, your children, 
all of your friends to Christ. How do you love the Lord your God? Have a strong marriage. How do you make disciples? Have a strong marriage. A strong marriage is one of the best ways to share the goodness of God with other people. We've heard often probably around here at Watermark, we say God is a God of transformation, not just information. He wants us to be reformed and conformed to his image. So respond to his spirit, his word, and the correction of his people. If you're not changing, you're not growing. And the odds are you're listening to the wrong voice. And so our, our encouragement to you um, and is in the sharing of the truth that we've enjoyed in our own life is God is good, he is for you, and he wants to make your marriage uh, better than you can ever imagine if you allow him to do that. So uh, what we'll close with is, is... We may have one more little picture. Okay, better hurry. Do y'all think you can pop that picture up? Oh, there she is. Just to remind you, spend time in the Word. Okay? <laughs> That's Katie. That's Katie. Yeah. Okay. God bless you guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'll have a good group. Good evening. I'm Matt. Uh, the Watermark staff's away in retreat, so they've asked the JV team to step in and uh, fill in for their, their absence. Um, and I will, to use Tawny's word, I'll keep this closing concisive. Is that, is that really a word? <laughs> So sometimes up here on stage, we'll uh, bring couples in that where their marriage has been um, redeemed um, despite affairs or just abuse or abandonment. And then sometimes we bring couples up that prayed together or actually challenge, challenge each other to memorize scripture on their first date. Um, and that's Dean and Tawny. And these guys in my mind are just are rock stars. Um, but two things that they said that I want to drive home, um, it was the daily abiding and spending time with Dean and Tawny, I look at them going, how in the world can I ever be um, as spiritually mature as, as Dean is and as Tawny is? And, and some of you are looking at them going, we could never be that way. But it is a daily abiding, starting somewhere, attaching yourself to another man, to another woman that's mature in the faith, and just walk with them. Uh, the second thing that Dean reiterated a couple times was marriage is a journey. And speaking from my own personal experience in my marriage, Sometimes when things aren't going like we thought they would, the day we walk down the aisle, whether that's year two or year 20 or year 30 in marriage, we all of a sudden say, well, I don't like where I am. So we pull out our crystal ball and we say, you know what? We know exactly what 20 years is going to look like. And the truth is we don't. Uh, We don't know what tomorrow is going to look like. So if you're in that point saying, I feel hopeless, recognize you don't have a crystal ball. It is a journey pray for your spouse, abide, and just go day by day by day. All right. So if you're here for the first time, welcome. Uh, if you are here and it is your first time, we ask you after we finish, just come up to the front to the right. Raw Cox is going to share the story of he and Susan, and it's really a great story. Um, they're also going to answer questions about what does re look like and just talk through the process. If you have already gone through the newcomers class and it's your second time here, we're going to ask you to join open group. And that is you're going to walk right out of those doors. You're going to make a right. You're going to make a right. Go across the bridge. There's three rooms, open groups rooms, 210, 211, and 212. Jump on any, in, in any room and um, listen and share. And for the rest of you guys, have a blessed night. Thanks.